0: Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Disorder, the newest podcast on the 3 Angry Nerds Network. I'm your host, Curtis, and with me as always is just me because this is my own solo podcast. Suck it, everyone else. I'm doing the solo. doing it live. Um, What is Pop Culture Disorder? Pop Culture Disorder is a whenever-I-want-to-post-it podcast where each episode I take a random topic and I discuss it. Now, random topics can mean any number of things, but basically what I've done is I've just kind of given myself a random topic, one where I kind of had to do my own research and I just looked up things that I think match the topic. Let's be honest, this is not science. This is not calculations. This is me looking up stuff that I think matched the topic. You can email me at at gmail.com. Let me know if you think I'm right or if you want to add your own thoughts to all of this. Um... That's the podcast, and uh, for the inaugural episode, I decided what would be a better topic to start with than dumb decisions. They're all made, or we all make them. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe the smartest of people can make them, the dumbest of people can make them often. But dumb decisions are often made, and you know what? Dumb decisions are often made by villains in movies. They make really bad decisions sometimes, and sometimes decisions that even are at like detriment to them. There's decisions made that it's like, why are you doing this to yourself? So that's the idea of pop culture disorder. And this week's episode, let's dive in. Cyborgs don't feel pain. I do. Don't do that again. Just let
1: me go. Listen and understand. That Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It
0: can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity, or remorse, or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever,
1: until you are dead.
0: Okay, so let's dive into this. So, obviously many of you have seen The Terminator. I've seen it countless times. It was actually one of the first R-rated movies I was allowed to watch. And... I, I got a lot of questions. I gotta be honest. I'm throwing up my hands here. I don't know what exactly people were thinking here. Because, let's be honest, this Terminator doesn't make any sense once you start to break it down. Okay, so let's just start from the top, okay? Skynet is the evil organization. They've created the Terminators and whatever else, the robots, they've taken over the world. Nuclear Armageddon. You know the drill. You've seen the movie. Now, here's the thing. They want to... Um, ensure that John Connor is never born. So the idea is is that they're going to send back a Terminator to kill Sarah Connor before she can give birth to John Connor, which makes somewhat sense. If the father was already in that timeline. Thing is, he's not. The father is Kyle Reese. So what happens when they send the Terminator to go kill Sarah Connor? Well, the Resistance, they send Kyle Reese to stop the Terminator. And when they do that, Kyle Reese hooks up with Sarah Connor in one of the funniest sex scenes I've ever seen. Worst music in a sex scene, by the way, just saying. Just throwing that out there. And Kyle Reese and Sarah end up producing, you know, through the act of sex, producing John Connor. So, in a way, Skynet has ultimately did their own downfall. By sending Kyle Reese to counter the Terminator... They end up creating John Connor. So let me ask you this. Does that not make Skynet like one of the dumbest villains out there? Because they obviously, they could have just, you know, they probably could have kept doing what they were doing and they would have probably won the war. Because when you look at these like scenes, they're clearly not doing too well. You know, they're not, they're, they're not the greatest okay and maybe you know what maybe it would have been easier for them a little bit better to maybe just send in like a really good terminator to just kill john like one that like stealthily uh gets into his inner circle and can kill him oh i i watched that movie it was called terminator salvation anyways you know what i'm saying right the idea is that there are so many different ways that skynet could have done this but instead they chose the one way that would actually ensure their downfall they inadvertently have created john connor I say that's pretty dumb, pretty dumb decision made by a villain. Uh, but it's not one of the dumbest. It's not the dumbest. It's dumb. It's just dumb. Let's move on to the next one here.
1: Your power is a weak old man. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly.
0: Imagine. Okay, next up, we've all seen A New Hope, Episode 4. It was the first Star Wars movie, not the first if you're, like, going in canonically, but we're talking the first as in, like, the first one that theatrically released. And you know what? Episode 4, one of my favorites. If it's not your favorite, or not one of your favorites, then what's wrong with you? But here's the problem with the movie, okay? First off... I love how Darth Vader is not, like, the uh, Jesus figure that he becomes in these other movies. Where it's like, oh, we have to save uh, Darth Vader. It's not, you know what, Darth Vader? He was just kind of like a stupid lieutenant. He was kind of like the guy that, like, they just sent to do the dirty work. Like, you knew that, like, secretly deep down, Darth Vader was probably, like, a promotion or two away from just cleaning toilets on the Death Star. Because he was just that kind of stupid. So, I always kind of thought it was funny how, like the series sort of started to, like, really emphasize uh, Darth Vader. It was even kind of funny in Rogue One where they had that, like, sequence where he's just throwing people around the hallway. Because in my mind, I'm like, he was not like that in in A New Hope. He wasn't, like, the deus ex machina of, of, of Sith. Like, he was just some dude. He was just some dude that knew how to, like, force choke a bitch and that was it. But then, you know, in these other movies, they kind of set him up like he's this, like, super-powered figure and all this other stuff. Which is what makes A New Hope one of my favorites, because it's the most grounded of all of them. And you get that impression with one of the dumbest decisions made in a movie. And that being Darth Vader striking down Obi-Wan. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, but wait, doesn't, like, didn't Darth Vader, like, really want to strike down Obi-Wan for what happened to him? Of course he did. But you have to think about the context of the situation. Here, there's people with Death Star plans who want to get them to Alderaan so that they can blow up the Death Star. This is pretty much, like, this is your personal vendetta versus the end of this thing you have put, you're, not even you, your organization has put in years on. And what does he do? He's like, I'm going to strike down Obi-Wan. Now, I'm not a genius, although I have my moments, but I would have rather been like, you, for, you force-push Obi-Wan to the floor. You're like, I'm going to deal with you later. And then you go, you kill Luke, Han, and Leia. You take the Death Star Plants. Then you go finish off the old man. Problem solved. But what does he do? He's like, nope. He he gives a very like extended monologue to Obi-Wan. And then strikes him down. And not only this, but... Doesn't he know that death doesn't matter to a Jedi? They'll just appear as like a a force ghost and give advice. So he didn't even need to do that to begin with because it wouldn't really matter. You know, Obi-Wan could still appear to Luke and give advice. So the whole idea of removing him from the equation doesn't really make sense because he's never actually gonna be removed from the equation. He's still gonna be there to guide Luke as you see in the subsequent movies. And not only that, but he's also let the other three get away with the plan. This is why, again, part four or episode four is my favorite because Vader's such an idiot in that movie. He's not like the glamorized like Sith Lord he is in the other movies. He's just basically like, kind of like, the assistant manager of the Empire, which I always kind of liked. He wasn't he wasn't this like holier than thou figure. He was just some dude, and that's what was so great. Um, So yeah, Darth Vader. Definitely made some really dumb decisions throughout the whole franchise, I think we can say, but definitely this is the dumbest decision he's made and one of the dumbest decisions made by a villain in a movie, period. All right, let's move on to the next one.
1: Kalel, You have no idea how long we've been searching for you. I take it, you're Zod. General Zod, our commander. It's all right, Veora. you can forgive Kal any lapses in decorum. He's a stranger to our ways. This should be cause for celebration. Not conflict. Not conflict. I feel strange. (coughs)
0: Wait. What's happening to him?
1: He's rejecting our ship's atmospherics. You've spent a lifetime adapting to Earth's ecology, but you never adapted to ours. Help him! I can't. Whatever's happening to him has to run its course. Help him!
0: Okay, so next up, everyone knows, I've got gripes with Mastial. y'all. I, well, the first time I saw this movie, I actually thought it was great. I don't know, maybe it was just all that CGI. It was just, like, mind-numbing in a way where you're just like, oh, cool, flashy colors. And then you start to look underneath the polished uh, sort of facade that is that film, and then you realize it's got so many problems underneath. And one of the biggest problems is Zod. I, I mean, he's you know, played by the great Michael Shannon, who I think just always plays a great villain. Like, if you need a villain, just Michael Shannon. But the problem with him in this movie is that, okay, they send uh, Clark to Earth, Cowell. And, you know, yeah, he has a bit of an adjustment period, but then he realizes very uh, early on that, like, he's got, you know, these powers that, like, are well beyond the feet of any man and if you you know go back and watch that movie you realize like even on krypton they don't have powers like it's very easy to think oh like the kryptonians have powers no they don't the only reason that superman and um, zod have powers in that movie and the other kryptonians is that they're on a planet where the climate and the gravity and whatnot is all different, and it's different in a way that actually benefits them. It actually gives them the, the, the powers that they obviously have in the movie. So, obviously for Zod, he's a military guy. You would think that he would see the huge tactile advantage with having these powers. And what does he want to do? He wants to terraform Earth into a new Krypton. Maybe I can understand. You're... you're, you're, you're um, what do you call it? The the, the, the homesickness, as I say. He wants to go back to Krypton. He wants to, you know, I don't know, go back to his favorite Kryptonium bar I don't know. What do Kryptons do on Krypton? But actually I guess that show Krypton will probably answer that one. It? Anyways, um so what does he do? He, he he wants to terraform the planet, and it's like, dude, you're like taking away your super flight your super strength, your flight, your uh you know, laser eyes and all this other stuff. Like, why would you do that? Why? Like, I get it. Maybe you just really yearn for the days when, uh, you know, you were on that on Krypton and it was, like, maybe the good old days. Well, it doesn't really seem like they were the good old days for him. I'm just saying. Like, it seems kind of, like, weird that he would have a fondness for Krypton when, like, they imprisoned him and, like, gave him shit for, like, stuff he did. Um, It's just kind of funny. Like, I just, I don't see why Zod would be like, hmm. This is a major tactile advantage. Let's remove that and just make things normal again. I don't know. If that were me, I would be like... If I was on a, a foreign planet and I found out I had, like, superpowers and no real weaknesses aside from crypt, Kryptonite, which even in that movie, they don't even have Kryptonite, I would totally go for it. Why not? Um. So, anyways, that's a very dumb decision. Definitely one of the dumbest, Um. but not the last of this list. Let's move on.
1: Steve should never have opened this place again. There's been too much trouble here. Did you know that a young boy drowned the year before those two others were killed? The counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason. I was working the day that it happened, preparing meals. Here, I was the cook. Jason should have been watched every minute. He was... He wasn't a very good swimmer. We can go now, dear.
0: Okay, so I know people are gonna give me flack for this. Friday the 13th is one of my favorite franchises. No, scratch that, my favorite movie franchise of all time. So why would I be trashing it like this right now? I'll tell you exactly why it's got one of the dumbest decisions and not only does it have the one of the dumbest decisions but it's a dumb decision that not only basically spawned this franchise but also you know basically got like 185 plus people killed I mean if you've ever looked up the body count of these uh, Friday the 13th movies now let's not count well if you're counting Pamela's it's probably closer to like 190 maybe 195 but if you're counting just Jason skills our roys you know what we'll just say it's almost 200 it's almost 200 people killed maybe a little bit off but you know what whatever anyways so what what is the mistake here and what is the dumb decision well you know what it actually spawns from the fact that yes jason drowned and you know what was it a a dumb decision for those counselors to just go have sex when they could have easily just waited until later to have sex like i'm sorry i you know we all have impulses i can understand your need to just be like let's go have sex but would you literally go have sex when your job is to look after kids that are swimming and there's kids swimming like i'm sorry if my job was to like do something like hey make sure that this button is pressed every five minutes otherwise like things will happen i would just press that button and then when i'm not having to press that button i'll go do my shit i'm not gonna go and just go well you know what this button doesn't need to be pressed for a little bit and go do my thing no you gotta watch out for those kids just watch them you know what i'm sorry you can't keep your dick in your pants for like an eight hour shift that's your problem anyways so that's the source of all of it but then here's where it's the fault of pamela pamela you know the mother of jason and the killer in the first one sorry if that's a spoiler for you the movie is like almost 40 years old at this point so the killer is pamela Voorhees. We know that now Pamela um, assumes because they can't find a body so when they can't find a body they they just assume Jason is dead now we obviously know from later movies that he's not dead because Jason shows up and obviously um, he knows that his mother was killed because the whole idea that Jason is going on a killing rampage is because he saw his mother die Actually, uh, Jenny in part two, actually mentions this. She says, the whole reason Jason kills is because he probably saw his mother die. So, let's backtrack here a bit. Because now we know why Jason kills. So we know that. Now, Jason kills because he saw his mother uh, die. Now, his mother died because she was killing counselors and one uh, basically got on the defensive and killed her. Now, had Pamela maybe did a little bit better of a job looking for Jason? Like, I'm sorry, what did you even do? Because obviously he wasn't dead, right? He came back, he, you know, was doing his thing. Uh, Did she know that he was still alive? Like, did she later, like, did she start killing people and later see him and be like, oh, fuck, my bad. I'm sorry, I I thought you were dead. Or was it like, she literally was just like, well, the police say he's dead, probably is what happened. And then just like proceeds with anger, and resentment to the point where she ends up killing people. That's crazy to me. I mean, what, what do we, what do you guys think? Like, do you think that's just crazy? I think it is because she could have easily maybe just waited, done a little bit of a better job of searching for her son. You know, like, and you know what? I, okay, I've seen people online go, what if Jason drowned in the lake? What if he was like literally just like comatose at the bottom of the lake? Which I don't really buy, but whatever. You know, what they couldn't have just gotten divers to go down there and look for him. You're telling me that they didn't have divers back then? They they would have. Um, anyways, if Pamela had done a better job of searching for Jason, who knows? Maybe she could have found him. They could have gone into like a little area, a little recluse. You know, she could have, you know, cuddled with Jason, healed him back to health, and they would have lived happily ever after. But no, she is the worst parent in the world. She just goes, Can't find Jason. That sucks. I guess I gotta move on with my life. And, uh, obviously it wasn't for the best. Um, anyways, very dumb decision. Ultimately led to the franchise being what it is. But let's move on to the next one.
1: It's not what you did, son, that angers me so. It's who you did it to. Who? The fucking nobody? That fucking nobody is John White. John was an associate of ours. We called him Baba Yaga. The Boogeyman? Well, John wasn't exactly the Boogeyman. He was the one you sent to kill the fucking Boogeyman. Oh, John is a man of focus. I saw him kill three men in a bar with a pencil. Ah! With a fucking Ah! pencil. Suddenly, one day, he asked to leave. It's over a woman, of course. Possible task. A job no one could have pulled off. The bodies he buried that day laid the foundation of what we are now. And then my son, a few days after his wife died, you steal his car and kill his fucking dog. Father, I can make this right. What? Oh, how do you plan that? By finishing what I started. What the? I didn't hear a fucking word I said. Papa, you have Yes, John will come for you.
0: So this is my final pick for the night. And you know what? I don't think you can do any better than John Fucking Wick. I'm sorry, but you know what? This is probably one of the dumbest decisions made in a movie. Regardless of whether you're the villain or the protagonist or whatever. Side character, nobody, I don't give two shits. This has gotta be one of the dumbest decisions. I'll tell you why. Because this guy, this 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 nobody, this um the the the, the reek from Game of Thrones. Hey, I, I for I forget the actor's name. Don't, don't don't come at me. Don't at me. He he makes the dumb decision in John Wick. He steals John Wick's car and he kills John Wick's cute adorable puppy. Now, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. This dog is like max level adorable. This dog is so cute that like you look at the dog and you go, "How could anyone not love this dog?" John Wick, a guy who had basically, like, killed enough men to scar himself for life and had his wife die, fell in love with this dog. If he can fall in this love, why can't you? And you see, the the, the dog's only in the movie for, like, a little bit, but it's effective because you really, like, are like, damn, I love this dog. Like, I, if, can I have that dog? Can I just go to the SPCA or whatever and be like, hey, can I have a dog like that? Um, and then what happens? It dies. The wife, The wife's dead already. And then the car gets stolen, and the dog dies. Now, I know what you're saying. How did he know? How did he know that John Wick was John Wick? Well, obviously he didn't. But here's where I, I step in and I go, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because wouldn't he have known? I mean, I'm sorry. But, like, the dad giving him that scene that I put in there as sort of the intro to the segment, he... Don't you think they would have had this conversation a while ago? Like, after john wick had been like out of the game like don't you think he would say something like hey everybody this is john wick don't fuck with him because he's done a lot for the organization if you piss him off he's gonna come and kill everybody like don't don't mess with him if you see a keanu reeves looking dude don't mess with him don't you think like i'm sorry if i was running into an organization and I had someone like that who if I fucked with even in the slightest could mean the end of everyone's fucking lives. Don't you think I would go, Don't mess with this guy? Yeah, I'd have his I'd have his face on a billboard just be like the don't fuck with list and then it would be John Wick, right slab in the center. But nobody does that. That's what's so messed up in this movie. So, yes, you could say, well, how would he have known? But don't you think he would have known? And I'm sorry, in this universe, everybody fucking knows who John Wick is. Like, I remember in the intro for the second one, uh, Pierre Stormare or whatever is like, it's not just a car, it is John Wick's car. Everyone knows who John Wick is. Um, either way, it doesn't discount the fact this is a dumb fucking decision. It gets everybody in the movie killed, except for John Wick and, like, a few other people. So, dumb decisions made by villains. That's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me for the first ever episode. And you know what? Email me at 3 at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Rate and review wherever you do that. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.